Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Check Up with Chris Bolton. Of course, it's your boy, Chris Bolton, back at it again. I'm coming with you with another podcast on this Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend, been enjoying NBA basketball. We have NBA basketball back. It's been a beautiful thing. I hope you guys are loving that. We're back at it again with another episode. I believe this is episode 15. Don't hold me to that. But yeah, um, we're going to continue our series of going through the teams in the lottery as we preview the upcoming NBA draft. And of course, today, we're going to take a look at the Detroit Pistons and to help me figure out, you know, how how the Pistons should go about this draft. We have a very special guest with us. We have Nick Hinkle. You can follow him on Twitter at Nicholas Hinkle, N-I-C-O-L-A-S-H-E-N-K-E-L. Detroit Pistons Media in the building. He is a site expert for at Pistons Power uh, with Fan Sided. Also has a podcast as well, host of the Shooting J podcast, president of the Luke Kennard Club. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you joining us, Nick. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I... Uh... Recently, I've had the the chance to come on a lot of podcasts, and it's been really fun because I miss basketball and like just getting to talk hoops with anyone means a lot. So yeah, when you reached out, I was super excited, and because uh, you're a Warriors guy, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. I I actually have a question for you. I don't know if you want me to start with that or oh, it's, it's it's come it's, on with it. Okay. So I don't know how familiar familiar you are with the play of Christian Wood. I am. Okay. One, one of my homeboys does not let me not know how great uh, Christian Wood is. Great. He's a Christian Wood fan. So you're like in the loop with that then. So I was on uh, a different show. Like this was like two weeks ago. And you know how sometimes you just kind of like you're talking a bunch and then you just kind of stumble across this new idea. Like you talk yourself into this new theory. Well, I accidentally did that. What the theory was, was hypothetically. Mm-hmm. The, and this actually is kind of it's about the draft. So I guess this is applicable. But if the Warriors pick one right they get the first pick and the pistons Mm -hmm. get five or they get six let's also assume that because christian wood's going to be a free agent this year okay let's assume that he wasn't let's assume that he had like two years left on his contract Mm -hmm. christian wood and fifth or sixth overall for the first overall pick from the warriors i'm doing it you would do that thank you i'm doing it a hundred percent. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I need someone to thoroughly explain to me why Golden State wouldn't do this because it, you know, there's a few different options that, that a few different avenues the, the Warriors could take with this year's draft. And one of the popular theories is James Wiseman. Uh, if you get Christian Wood, I just feel like that's going to be like he's a more proven floor spacer and he's getting better as a rim protector and he's a force around the rim. Like he can play that four out one in or he can just play five out with the Warriors like he's a seamless fit and whoever the Warriors want to draft at one is probably going to be there at five you know what I mean or six wherever the Pistons pick so it's like that's just better for you now if the Pistons really wanted one and they really you know wanted like LaMelo Ball or something that's kind of where I'm like I just feel like that's a win-win trade right now again this obviously can't happen because Christian Wood is going to be a free agent this year but if he wasn't, you are saying you would 100% pull the trigger on that. Definitely. I mean, this is the draft to draft to trade down. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those top teams, um, you don't, you more likely, unless you're the New York Knicks or the Detroit Pistons and you were one to get that franchise point guard, uh, that LaMelo ball. But 
anybody else you probably want to trade down if you can and try to turn some other revenue whether or some other capital whether it's a next year's first or a very young talented player like a christian wood yeah detroit offers that or uh mitchell robinson if the knicks throw that in and they're trying to trade up something like that so yeah trade down i i'm all for that if i'm golden state see there, that's actually and i don't want to completely derail us but there's a good question for you you as a warriors fan can handpick christian wood or mitchell robinson which one are you taking Ooh. Um. Hmm. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough because I think I think Christian Wood would return the greatest immediate impact okay. value. But I think long term, Mitchell Robinson, once he puts it all together, will will be really be a problem. So I think I would probably go. I'm probably going Christian Wood, though, because Golden State's trying to win now. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is It's not that Golden State's window is short, but it's like you are, you're trying to maximize your window with what you have right now. But at the mm. same time, it's like you also want to have something left over when this window is done. And would Mitchell Robinson really be enough to be that foundation of the quote-unquote like what's left over? I don't really know about that. But at right. the end of the day... Yeah, I think it, it it might be Christian Wood. Now, the interesting thing about him is, um, you look at like his stats, and they're all in losses. So you just kind of, I always wonder like what exactly his impact is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. If he was on a winning team, it would be very interesting to see how different he actually is. That's true. That's true. I. That's, 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 you can come in with some heat. I really like this question. Though. I like this scenario. <laughs> I, I, I low-key want it to happen, even even though he will be a free agent. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned the free agency deal, because I was going to ask you, um, you know, you might not be the president of the Luke Kennard fan club for much longer. Are, are you prepared for a possible draft day trade? So here's the thing. Him and I are, like, pretty decent friends. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that like happened over quarantine. Him and I just kind of became friends. So I'll, I'll give a little bit because I figure your audience definitely doesn't know about that story. Uh, mine does. They've heard it a thousand times. But uh, so the, the too long didn't read version is Luke, like day one, I have tweets that were like, now admittedly, I'm not totally proud of these tweets, but I, I you know, I, I wear them on my chest where I was like draft night 2017. I said, if the Pistons draft Donovan Mitchell over Luke Kennard, I'm going to snap. Now, did I end up being wrong about that? I, I mean, <laughs> well, one of them was in the rookie of the year conversation, so I'll just say that. But like, he's been my guy forever. Like, I love him. Um, and then, like last year, he like wished me a happy, like he DM'd me and wished me a happy oh, birthday. Nice. It was crazy. Nice. And like, I'm like pretty close with his family, just randomly through Twitter. And um, one day, um, I said that I wanted to play some uh, Warzone. I was going to play some Call of Duty, and I asked if any of my followers wanted to play with me. Well, one of Luke's cousins. DM'd me and was like, hey man, like Luke and I need a third. Like, do you want to play with us? And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> so we've played probably like, I don't know, like five or six times together, uh, play for like two or three hours at a time. And it's really cool because like we have like really awesome conversations. Sometimes he tells me things that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know them or not. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Uh, it's really cool. So him and I, are, you know, we're friends. Uh, we, we, I, we talked just the other day. Um, so, and we actually talked about what happens. We actually talked about what's going to happen if he gets traded because there were rumors at this year's February 6th deadline, like two days before that the Pistons 
and the Suns were talking about a Luke Kennard trade. Mm-hmm. And I was now this was also before we were friends. And I was like, I'm jumping ship. Like, I can't I won't be able to tolerate that. It's, it's going to be too much for me to handle. Um, and, you know, him and I talked about that. I was like, what, what did that feel like? He's like, it's wild. That feeling sucks. Um, he's like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then there were a few other teams that were in the mix that weren't like it wasn't like publicly disclosed. But I, he let me guess them. And on my first two guesses, I was correct. So that was cool. Um, but it's funny because if we do look at it, if we are looking at a draft night trade, he is the piece, right? He is right, undoubtedly right. the one that's going to get moved. He's attractive enough that if it is Phoenix, you know, if, if they fall, um, well, actually, yeah, they're not going to have a great pick. So depending on where they go, well, they might have one. It's the lottery. Who knows? The Pelicans won 33 games and got the first overall pick. But you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's probably going to be Phoenix. And that, you know... If you're doing it to avoid paying him, that's dumb. That sucks. Uh, if you're doing it because you genuinely believe there's another asset there, because that's the thing is the Pistons only have one draft pick this year. So if you are trying to get a second one, yeah, it's going to be better to do it uh, in the you know, in the first round. And then the pressure is off of you if you know you're making that trade. The pressure is kind of off a little bit that you don't have to get a point guard with that first pick. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing. Is like if you don't get a point guard, I'm gonna be kind of pissed. Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely been mentally preparing for that to happen, um, for Luke to get traded. I mean, um, I, I know that it's almost inevitable, um, yeah. but we'll we'll um, we'll see what happens. T- tell my boy Luke, I said, "What's up?" I'm a lifelong Duke fan. So okay, I have I have great memories of, of Luke balling out with uh with the Blue Devils doing his thing. So yeah, I actually I, I told him because we I don't ask him about Duke that often, just because I obviously care more about the Pistons. But mm-hmm. I was telling him I was like, you know, Luke. So I like I don't want to take credit for this, but I I did do this a little bit. <laughs> I started this rumor, not a rumor, but I kind of like I'm the one who proposed this idea, and then ever since then, Pistons fans have been on board with it. Harry Giles to Detroit this summer well this fall technically in free agency i think that has to happen harry giles as a detroit piston would be amazing now i said to luke you and him used to be college teammates you guys played together at duke so i need you to get on the phone and i need you to talk to ed stefanski (laughs) and troy weaver and tom (laughs) gores and i need you to make this happen and then he, he laughed and then i was like actually while we're at it you know who else you played with in college as if he wouldn't know i was like jason tatum I said, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like Jason Tatum is going to be a Detroit Piston within the next few years. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the Harry Giles thing is serious. I know Jason Tatum's not going to be a Piston. <laughs> I must say, um, the, the Celtics are not going to let that happen. No. <laughs> no, if anything, they're going to get Luke Kennard. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's see. We're just going, going, into, going forward. Let's look at this roster that the Pistons have. You have, of course, you got guys like Jordan Bone, Bruce Brown. You have Sekou, Langston Galloway, um, older Blake. Blake Griffin, you know, he's been it was a tough season for Blake. Yeah. Couldn't really stay healthy coming off his uh, great 2019 uh, season. Uh, John Henson, of course, you know, we mentioned the great Luke Kennard. Louis King, Brandon Knight, Thon Maker, Jordan McRae, uh, Ski Mackay Luke. Justin Patton, D. Rose, Tony Snell, Kyrie Thomas, and Christian Wood. So, just entering this draft, just what's your what's your team needs? 
I mean, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we can agree that this team kind of needs a, a boost in talent, just another yep. guy, you know, saying that very talented player. So just what's your approach to this draft? Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can be mean. You can say this roster is bad. I promise it's OK. You're not wrong. Uh, because <laughs> let's like, let's just call it what it is. This is a fundamentally bad basketball team. Uh, for the yeah. most part, you know, they're just basketball is being played in their general vicinity for the better part of 48 minutes. And that's kind of it. But uh, as far as team needs go, uh, it's point guard, right? That's it's, it's, it's the most glaringly obvious thing uh, when you look at this roster. And even Ed Stefanski, our senior advisor, he explicitly said, I think even Dwayne Casey said, point guard. That is that is what we're focusing on is we need a point guard. Now, mm-hmm. Ed Stefanski has also come out and he said um, the approach. And this was like, like two, three months ago. So I don't know if the philosophy has changed since we hired Troy Weaver as our GM or not, but it's not necessarily a bad philosophy to have when it's kind of a eh, draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Best available player. That's apparently what we're looking at is best available player. So if we drop to six, right, and somehow Obi Toppin is still there, which it's entirely conceivable that he could be, that might be who it is, right? But in an ideal world, you're going to go with a point guard. It's either going to be Lamella Ball, it's going to be Killian Hayes, which for Pistons fans, Killian Hayes is sort of the like the grand prize, right? It's either Lamelo mm-hmm. or it's Killian. Um, I think you mentioned the team needs like a boost in talent. 100%. You're right. The team also, the, what would make Lamelo fun is it puts the Pistons in this really fun like media spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how, how mm-hmm. it brings the, how, the juice back to the franchise. Exactly. And you're going to have a little bit like I think we had maybe one ESPN game this year. Rightfully so. They have no reason to put us on national <laughs> television. I'm not complaining, but that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're probably going to see like what I think if the Pistons get LaMelo, maybe three, maybe like on TNT, even like you're going to see a little bit more recognition and maybe the team is still going to be bad. That's entirely, you know, it's now likely that they will be, but I think that would be fun with him. Now. I think there are some instances where there are very few instances in this year's draft where I'm going to be mad, but let's talk about, you know, ones where I will be uh, James Wiseman. No, that, I feel you on that. I'm, I'm no, not so no, no knock on James, but I'm not a James Wiseman fan. It's to me. It's not about him. It's I, I, you know, I don't think it's about him, you know, that I don't think he's going to pan out because I genuinely do. If he goes to the Hornets, right, that might be the oh, best case scenario. What? Yeah, yeah 100%. Like for Charlotte and for James Wiseman, that's probably the best thing that could happen. I, it's not a knock on him. I don't want him in Detroit and he shouldn't want to be in Detroit. Listen, man, we just moved on from Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. That just happened. I do not want to put another seven years into this one dimension. Well, I'll give to James Wiseman is he's played four college games and here he has more post moves than Andre Drummond. So good for him there. Um, but yeah, I'm just not there on that. Um, outside of that, I mean, if you're if you're not getting a point guard, and I, I know I'm rambling, I'm sorry, but. No, no, you're good, you're good. If you get a point guard, great. As long as it's not like Cole Anthony, I don't know. I, that worries me a little bit. We already have an injury-ridden roster, and everyone's prone to knee injuries. I No disrespect to Cole Anthony. Like, I don't really want to roll the dice there. Um, you know, if you're going to get a wing, uh, if I guess if, you know, Isaac Okoro is there, I'm not mad about mm-hmm. that defensively because that's, you know, Dwayne Casey, that's his wheelhouse right there. Okoro's going to play a lot of minutes uh, on a Dwayne Casey-led team. Um, 
I think it's, also, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just gonna ask, like, if if the scenario happens where Lamelo and Killian are taken ahead, just yeah. what who's who's kind of that guy that or those a few players who come to mind that you wouldn't mind taking. Oh, the Pistons taken. See, that's the thing, and I hate to be broad and, and generalize it. Like, I'm I'm genuinely fine with anybody. There's nobody that uh, uh, in this draft other than like James Wiseman and Nico Mannion, who thank God he's fallen out of not just the lottery but the first round. Uh, I I am like the biggest anti Nico Mannion guy on the planet. I can't stand him. You're preaching to the choir. I, oh I, my I tell, god! I tell people that too. I feel like he's been he would be extremely hyped up. I hope he succeeds, but I just feel like he's keeping extremely hyped up. Yes. Very, yeah. And I yeah you're, you see good point. I don't want to sit here and be like I hope Nico Mannion fails. No 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 no. If he's proved me wrong, like show me that I'm wrong. Because here's what I will give him is and even speaking to a Warriors fan I think you'll maybe maybe you've seen this too here's what Nico Mannion does really well and by really well I mean the best in the draft and like some of the, like his off the ball movement is Steph Curry-esque it is incredible mm-hmm. and everything else is just meh and I mm-hmm. hate it um but as far as guys who, if Killian's off the board, if LaMelo's off the board, you know, if in the likely scenario that the Pistons fall out of the top five, you know, who do you go with? Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, to me, is like, like how everyone always talks about LaMelo. Everyone talks about Killian Hayes. I don't want to call Tyrese Halliburton a diamond in the rough, considering he's like a consensus top 10 pick. But he's a guy that I feel like, in terms of the, the like, the, if there's a point guard tier list in this upcoming draft, people aren't really all that high on him. I love him, and for me, him in Detroit would be absolutely amazing. Like that dude is a point guard. I have a soft spot in my heart for point guards that are over six five, and he's like <laughs> six six. So like, you know, I really really enjoy him. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards would be good. Don't really want another shooting guard because we have a surplus of those. I think we have like four or five on the roster. So I don't really want Anthony Edwards just because we have so many people at that position. But wouldn't really be the worst thing in the world. Um, but for True. me, it, it's Halliburton is like, I, and I always say the same thing about him. He has a super unorthodox jump shot, mm-hmm. but like the apex on it, the release point is so high that it is borderline indefensible if he's along the perimeter. And he's a pesky defender. He's got some bounce. He's got court vision like almost nobody else does in this draft, except Lamelo. Lamelo's an insane passer, obviously. But uh, I'd say Halliburton is like my failsafe with the Pistons, but also my low-key like hope. Okay. Halliburton, Halliburton's an interesting player. I like his game. Um I just I'm not sure about taking him so high, but this is a weird draft. So if you want to get someone who you you know what to expect, he's gonna be he's gonna get so many hockey assists. Yes. He's gonna get several assists, but he's gonna get so many hockey assists. He he very he sees the core very well, can yep. make gonna make the right read, the right pass, that's gonna to lead to a bucket. So I understand you just wanna get a good player and Roll your dice next year on hopefully getting Cade Cunningham or yeah. somebody like that. And you just want to get a good player in the mix. I can understand taking Hallie Burton. Um, Ant kind of worries me in Detroit, personally. Just because of the fact, I think a lot of the bad habits he's kind of picked up playing at Georgia, being the man 
will kind of continue because like yep. you mentioned this this Pistons roster isn't really good so he's going to come in and be the number one scoring option more than likely especially on, at least on the perimeter for sure yeah so uh, I think some of those ha- those bad habits will kind of continue to carry on in, in Detroit so and I think you could even say the same thing about LaMelo. I think that's the really interesting thing about him. Now, I don't know where you are with the war- as a Warriors fan, like who you think you guys should pick. But I know that a lot of people have been like, oh, maybe they'll get LaMelo. You know, that might be pretty good for him because I don't think LaMelo should be somewhere, i.e. like Detroit, uh, where there's not really going to be like he has free reign to just kind of do whatever because who else is going to do it? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. those 30 footers, as soon as he crosses half court and points to the ground and pulls up, uh, (laughs) I guess that was like 45 feet. That was literally like one step over half court, but you remember what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, like I just, I don't, I guess I don't really know how to articulate this point. I think you know what I'm saying. Like the shot opportunities that he would have in Detroit would be maybe more harmful to him than they would if he was like in Golden State and there's vast there's uh, a vast majority more uh, options. I, I understand that it's it's a really a tricky line to play with because I'm also one of the people who feel like you kind of have to to let Lamelo be Lamelo, but true some, the stuff like that you have to rein in. Like he he's not taking those shots. You're not you're not pulling up one step inside half. No, um, I I would let him be the wizard he is when it comes to being a facilitator with the basketball and, and a playmaker those plays but and just really coach him up on defense coach up coach up that effort on defense but i would let him kind of do his thing on offense and that's why i'm kind of worried about golden state picking them because it could be beneficial when it comes to honing in his talents and stuff but it's not going to be the immediate impact that the Warriors would need when they're trying to win a title right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the defense thing is is obviously his biggest thing, right? Um, that, mm-hmm. that people are concerned about. And it's the same thing with Obi Toppin, too. I know you can play in this league on one end of the floor, right? I know you can score. I know you can make plays. Facts. Obi looks like a Mario on offense. It's and- Man, but it's the, but it's what can you do for me on the other end of the floor, if anything at all, right? Like mm-hmm. Obi Toppin is a guy who, if he goes to like Minnesota, those final scores are going to be like one thirty nine to one forty six every it's single be that night. Dallas Houston game. We just oh saw. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where the the Mavs put up what seventy seven points or like eighty six? I don't remember how many. But didn't they put up eighty four? Eighty in the first yeah. half. Yeah. Man, so I remember I, I saw that because I was out to dinner. And then I get home and I see they're losing. Jesus Christ, how did this happen? I turn on the game. It was ridiculous. But uh, so I'm just a little bit worried. If, if you're with, with Lamelo, here's what I'll say. I think it's effort. I don't think it's technique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a matter of he doesn't like playing defense. Now, if you're obviously playing under Tibbs in New York, if you're playing with Casey in Detroit, that's not really going to fly. And mm-hmm. like the way you get minutes with Dwayne Casey is like, can you play defense? That's why Bruce Brown plays so much is because he's our best on ball defender. And he's one of our best facilitators, but it's not saying much because we don't have that many, Um, (laughs) but he is quite good. Um, So with LaMelo, I think it's just, it's going to take a few years. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think you're also going to, I think you're probably going to see with LaMelo what we saw with Lonzo this last like year and a half where he finally was like, I need to change the mechanics of my jump shot. Like even mm-hmm. just I have I have to gradually gradually tweak it 
you know, as the seasons move along because it just doesn't work. If you look at Lonzo's jumper today versus day one in the league versus oh, UCLA, man. it's different. So yeah. It's so much better. And I think LaMelo's already started to do that. There was some footage of him in a, a gym recently, and it definitely looked different. It didn't look great, but it looked different and it looked better. So I'm really curious to see what happens there, too. Definitely, definitely. They're going to clean up his, his jump shot mechanics. And like you mentioned about his defense, I've been preaching this about Melo. You know, remember when Lonzo was coming out, nobody was talking about Lonzo being the two-way threat that yeah. he is. He grew into this, you know, this great defender, and it was a pleasant surprise for everyone. I think LaMelo would be the same way. I mean, he's six seven. He just has to try. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be going yeah. against guys who are like six, three point guards. He just has to try on defense and his body will take care of the rest. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wh- where were you when you learned that LaMelo's not like 5'11 anymore? I remember it was like, <laughs> it was like probably like six months ago. Someone was talking about how LaMelo was like 6'5 at the time. And I was like, literally, what in the world are you talking about? And they sent me like his profile on like Google or I don't remember what it was. Uh, for, it was from like when he was playing at Spire Academy. That's what it was. Yeah, and he was listed was as like weird, six five, but... and I was like, Jesus, when did that happen? Because we're watching all the Ballers Life videos, yeah, mixtape videos, and he was short, and it seemed like just over a, a week span. Like the next video they dropped, all of a sudden, six five Lamelo Ball yeah. was hooping. Uh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Dude is the biggest guy on the floor. It's insane. Like you said, I, I think yeah, he is up to like six seven now. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely insane. Um, and honestly, the way that you phrase that, if as long as he just tries and he's against like, well, Steph would be a tough draw, admittedly. But most guards in the league, his body will take care of the rest. That is a beautiful way to put it. Mm-hmm. Now, just moving forward, we've talked about, we hit on LaMelo a lot just now. Just uh, let's talk about Killian. Of course, he's also the other sought after jewel in um. Pistons fans eyes just uh what would you where your, your your outlook on Killian how he would fit in with the Pistons I think in terms I just I don't really know how to articulate it I guess I think he's a better fit in the sense that I don't want to call him a better playmaker than LaMelo uh, I think he's a better lob man than LaMelo and I don't know that's more fun like we were into like February and Andre Drummond just wasn't getting lobs. And then mm-hmm. Tony Snell emerged as our best lob man. And it was the most unbelievably <laughs> random thing that could have happened. It was like, that might as well happen this year. Tony Snell just throwing lobs to everybody. Sure. Um, Killing Hayes is good at that. I really like, uh, he can get to the basket really well. He can draw contact, finish through contract, contact. Um, decent three-point shooter. Pretty good three-point shooter. I really like his the mechanics on his shot, too. Um, the mechanics are smooth, especially yeah. when he's shooting off the dribble. He's going exactly. to clean it up on catch and shoot, but shooting off the dribble is it is nice. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty good creator, um, and his court vision. Here's the thing that's consistent with all the point guards in this draft because it is a point guard heavy draft. They all do have pretty good court vision. Um, I remember for a short time, I thought that Theo Maladon was the best point guard of the draft. Um, that was a while ago. Um, but <laughs> but even he, like, he's he and Killian Hayes, Tyrese Hopper, and all these guys, I Very think maybe people. Killian Hayes especially, they're thinking, like, I, I, I worded this the other day in a way that blew my mind because I didn't know how I came up with it. Um, we'll just say it this way to because to, I can't think of how I actually word it. He's always, like, mm-hmm. two steps ahead, right? Like, he knows where everybody's going to be. He's a great orchestrator. Um, And I think that's kind of what Detroit needs right now is like an actual leader and a guy who can day one, like he knows what he's doing. And I just feel a little bit more confident with Killian there, even though Mm -hmm. LaMelo would sort of bring the lights and the media attention. Um, 
I like Killian as like just a, a raw prospect a little bit more. Understand that. I think it's gonna be it's a safe bet to say that Killian's gonna be a good player in the yeah. NBA. I don't know if he's gonna wind up being becoming a great uh, all star type, but with just his great he's a wizard in the pick and roll. You know, he's yes. gonna make the right pass. So I think you can you can pretty much guarantee that he's gonna be a good NBA player and you know, if if that's what that's pretty much what y'all need right now. Just some good 100%. players on the Pistons roster. So. 100%. And I think you even look at guys like Kyra Lewis, like randomly sh- from Alabama, like randomly shooting up uh, mm-hmm. in in like with his draft stock. He was like going second round and then uh, Thanos snap. Now he's maybe going top 10. It's wild. He just yeah. reminds me of like De'Aaron Fox. And I just want to backtrack a little bit to the Lonzo thing. How when coming out of the draft, he wasn't really revered as this like potential two-way threat mm-hmm. was that because of what De- De'Aaron Fox did to him in the tournament I honestly don't remember I feel uh, like De'Aaron was, Fox sunning him just like kind of put us off Lonzo a little bit right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just kind of what I remember definitely and the fact that he was playing in you know the Pac-12 and you don't people only see the highlights and don't see yeah. the highlights of him scoring and don't see the the whole games you know people aren't watching Pac-12 basketball so you just hear Lamelo, I mean Alonzo doing all this stuff on offense. You don't care to think about well, you know what his defense could be as a six six point guard, right? But um, but yeah. So I read your article, and you talked about the Pistons' chances are greater falling in this lottery compared to uh, you know rising into the top four or anything like that. Yeah. So let's just play this game. Let's say the Pistons get the seventh pick. Um, let's say, let's see, who are the teams ahead of them? Yeah, Golden State, Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta. Let's say the Knicks and the Bulls jump ahead. So, Knicks take get the first pick. They take uh, Lamelo. They take Lamelo. Yeah, of course they take Lamelo. Um, Timberwolves. Take Which really quick, whoever. rest in peace to Lamelo because Tibbs is going to run him into the ground defensively. <laughs> It's going to be brutal. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Run him into the ground defensively. He's going to run him into the ground in general. Well, yeah, 100%. 42 minutes a game. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, Minnesota takes and Edwards. Golden State. Let's just say we we take a Congo. No, we can't get the Christian Wood trade. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, they take a Congo. Who did the Hawks take? They might take Denny. Yeah, that that would yeah they maybe take them. They, that that's possible. Um, yeah, we'll just say to take them and the Cavs. Okoro, they need they need somebody. They, they would. Maybe... I think they might take Toppin first to be like a predecessor to Kevin Love. Mm, that would be smooth. Okay, we'll give them we'll give them that. Let's say the Bulls, they take Halliburton. Damn it. <laughs> Because I can't let you pick him in this scenario. But no, he would also be a smooth fit for Chicago. Yeah, 100%. That, that, that piece, that connecting piece. Um, And that leaves... Everybody's been picked at this point. I'll you didn't say Killian Hayes. I'm taking Killian Hayes. Ah, uh, Killian isn't taking you in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Mm. So are you, basically, are you trying to say if Killian, Halliburton, and LaMelo are off the board? I was trying, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I... Hmm. Uh, I I I might just turn off my TV 
and just pray <laughs> that something um, like a miracle happens. I don't know. Like we like we trade our draft rights. I don't. I don't know. Um, you, you mentioned you're not you're not big on Cole Anthony, but uh, you might have to, man. I, I, honestly, Cole has kind of grown on myself personally. I he's kind of grown on me. I understand if you looked at Cole this season and you saw injured Cole playing with a terrible North Carolina team. Yeah, I love I love saying this as a Duke fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that was a terrible team. No yeah. court facing at all. It was just Cole going against five people trying to make something shake. Yeah. Um, so let's just say Cole is healthy now. He is like Oak Hill. Cole has that bounce. Can can jump and dunk. Can shoot. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. At, at times, I'm not saying he's going to become Damian Lillard, but at times, he looks very similar to Dame. I don't mm. think it's a bad pick to, to just go ahead and say, you know what, let's, let's just let's just take a chance on Cole. If I went into it and I had a crystal ball and I saw that there was a 25% chance that he would suffer another major knee injury like in his career like I don't I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know man if I went into it like just hypothetically we knew that he was healthy for majority of his career I love it I'm not mad I I like I can I can get behind it I can live with it I think he's a hooper Cole Anthony can flat out play it's it's legitimately just because Detroit has this uh, compulsive need to construct their roster uh, whose success is heavily contingent on these players who can't stay healthy. So drafting Cole Anthony worries me because then we're just sticking to that same. Uh, I'm say, you've seen this movie so many times. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, so you know what I mean? Like I'm over it. Right. I want a guy mm-hmm. who, and like maybe LaMelo gets hurt, whatever. Well, Cole Anthony's, I think torn both ACLs. I think. Yeah. And he, uh, he messed, um, was that his, he had a knee injury this year with Carolina where um wasn't I think it was a meniscus. That's right. That's what it was. You're right. And so and he, but he was it was a partial tear. It wasn't a full tear. Gotcha. Like, um what's like uh Garland had at Vanderbilt. Gotcha, gotcha. Um mm-hmm. which is a whole nother thing. If the Cavs because I know you had uh Dan on uh recently from for yes. to talk about the Cavs. Who <laughs> did he say they should draft? He didn't say a guard, did they? Or did he? <sighs> Dan, who, who do they say he's uh, that they should draft? Because he's amazing. I love him. I don't think he knows that I love him, but I admire him <laughs> from afar. I read I all of his articles. Say they should draft, but um, uh, it can't oh, be a guard. Oh, oh, he's a big Congo fan. Oh, okay, that would be really weird, but sure. He well, actually, like with, if Tristan Thompson's coming off the books, and then they might trade Andre Drummond, so like, eh, sure, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but anyways, what were we just talking about? Oh, Cole Anthony. So if it's not Cole Anthony, and it can't be any of the other point guards that I want, um, Okoro's not the worst pick in the world. It's just, here's the thing, man. You're the Pistons, and you finally get, like, a top 10 pick. After, like, the better playing the better part of a decade, kidding <laughs> yourself. <Johnson>. And you, <laughs> Listen, I love Stanley Johnson. To this day, I won't, like, I still believe there is good basketball in him. Full, I wholeheartedly I do, but um, I, here's the thing: is even if you're drafting inside the top five, like you said with Killian Hayes, you don't know if he's going to be your guy. You don't know if he's going to be your all-star player. You just know he's like definitive. Like he'll be good, right? He'll be a good mm-hmm. basketball player, no doubt. I don't. That's not why I'm drafting in the top five, though. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking for that guy and drafting Okoro, no, no matter how good I think he could be in the NBA, I worry that he's not that guy. And, uh, you know, the Pistons are in a position, like we said earlier, where they do, they need that talent. Um, so yeah, that would be a nightmare situation if all three of those guys were guys were off the board and we had to get a wing without having a second pick. Because if we have a second pick, draft Okoro there, wherever the Suns are, pick up like Theo Maladon or something like that. Or mm-hmm. if it's a second round pick, I don't know, Cassius Winston, I don't know. Yeah, Cassius is solid. I, I mean, mean, as I, a, I think as it's a, gonna be a great, a, a great second round steal. I like for sure. Cassius Winston. So, I think yeah. he, he's like a what was the NBA comparison that somebody had for him? Was it Kyle Lowry? I don't remember what it was, but it it's was amazing. Comparison, though. I think it might have been Kyle Lowry. And as a Michigan State fan, uh, yeah, Cassius Winston is my favorite Michigan State player. Period. Football or basketball, ever. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like I anytime I say that to people, they're like, "Wow, that's kind of a hot take." And I'm like, "Is it though?" Because he's like even Magic. Johnson himself was like, Cassius is a better passer than I ever was. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that, Urban, but he's quite good. <laughs> right. He, he's he's a great he's a great hooper. I mean, he's been he's did he did his thing in Michigan State. Just you know, things didn't work out for a, a national title, but I mean he's been a baller at Michigan State. So I think it's gonna carry on into the league. But yeah. Um you mentioned talking about drafting high. If you have a high pick, you want to yep. kind of go for that guy. What you think about? I don't know about the fit, but currently, when you look at this Pistons team, it really ain't about the fit because none of these guys are guaranteed to be on this team in the Correct. next three years. Correct. So, what you think about Alexei Pokushevsky? I don't know how much Poku tape you watched, but I love Poku. So, I, this is where I got to be honest with you. I remember I made a mock draft. Um, for Piston Powered like uh, maybe two months ago and this was when he was first starting to make his rise right mm-hmm. he was starting to go like late first round and I remember I, I watched a little bit of film on him and I was like oh I get it I, I get it now admittedly since then I think I've only ever sat down and watched like maybe 15 more minutes of him so I can't speak towards it whatsoever mm-hmm. all I remember about him was like whoever gets him like how people looked at Seku the Pistons drafting Seku Dumbuya last year as like maybe the steal of the draft I think whoever gets it's Alexi right yeah Alexi, now, yeah. I know this sounds super disingenuous because I can't speak about him at all and I didn't even remember what his first name is <laughs> but the one thing I remember about him was that I was like I think he's going to be this year's steal of the draft that not a lot of people know about. So I admittedly will do my homework as soon as we get off of this episode. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I can't say anything other than what I remember thinking about him before. I think you're gonna love. I think you're gonna really like him. I mean, the real, only reason he's not mentioned as like one of those guys is because he doesn't do it consistently. Gotcha. You know, it, 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 he shows spurts where it's like, wow, this guy is amazing, and he has games where he's just kind of out there on the court and on the floor, but. I, don't, I, I I really like this guy. I mean, this it's it's not every day you find a seven footer who literally dribbles like a a shooting guard or a point right. guard. Like was it's, it, it's that fluid with him. Wasn't he like? Is he only like eighteen? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, he's super young. Okay, and is one hundred and ninety five pounds, soaking wet. Jesus, at seven feet tall. That's gross. It, I don't, it's that gross. looks gross. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know, he, he get in the NBA training room. I, I think it to me. If you're telling me, I have to, my concern is about someone getting bigger and putting on weight compared to you know actually developing someone's skills. Let me take the guy who I just need to put on the diet. I mean, yeah, like you look at Giannis. He was pretty gross when he got in the league, mm-hmm. right? And now Definitely. he's like, he's a specimen. It's terrifying. Now he's, um, a, he's, a, he's an alien. He's a, dude's a unit, yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying that anybody can just easily get to that point, but it's a pretty, I guess, rudimentary example of like, here's a guy who was a twig, and now he's a bus. Right. Kind of Dwight Howard was the same way. Now, I'm not 100%. We're not, gonna say, we're not saying that Poku's going to become the same kind of athlete. No. Those guys were. Those guys are. But, you know, he can put on the muscle and be Yeah. Strong. It's just in terms of body mass. He could mm-hmm. he could get to that point. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, that's, that's someone to be kind of thinking about, possibly, because I think it's going to be the steal draft, like you mentioned. Now, if the Pistons were able to kind of, you know, get a second round pick and be able to maybe get or like, you know, just a, a later pick in this draft, are there any guys who kind of stand out to you that would be a, a nice pickup in, uh, later in the draft that can work their way to having a solid role, a very good role and being possibly an impact player for this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote um, this was, I think, in like November about the Pistons drafting Cassius. And I know I just mentioned, I'm dead serious. Like that is who I want the Pistons to draft. And people are always like, Oh, it's just going to be another Mateen Cleaves. Like a Michigan state guy comes to Detroit and you think he's going to be great. And he's not, I'm not expecting Cassius Winston to come to Detroit and light it up. If I'm drafting Mm -hmm. him in the second round, I'm looking for stability and that's it. And I'm looking for someone who, if Derek Rose is out of the game, we're not screwed. Like we're going to be okay. And I think with Cassius, you have that a little bit, right? And before, I mean, I guess you can even kind of compare our roster to Michigan State's a little bit. Like, playing with Blake Griffin is playing, like, with a better Xavier Tillman. Yeah. Uh, Playing with Luke Kennard is like playing with Matt McQuaid or, like, Josh Langford. Mm -hmm. Uh, Playing with, I don't remember. In in that article, I did, like, comparison for every single player. And when it all came down to it, I was like, wow, that's actually kind of true. It is kind of the same roster a little bit. Um, and I oh, and I had compared uh, Andre Drummond to Nick Ward, and which I stand by that a little bit, just in principle. And obviously, that doesn't matter anymore. But I think yeah. Cassius would be good. I mean, he's a guy who you talk about how we need better pick and roll play. Cassius is amazing with that, and a guy who the way he gets to the basket, he has such he has a dribble that's so low to the ground, mm-hmm. it's like impossible to swipe, and it's beautiful. And his jump shot's kind of weird. But it is absolutely amazing. I think he had like the highest three point percentage in Big Ten history two years ago. Um, it goes in. It, it, that's it's, what they, it's exactly. one thing if we got to tweak the shot because you're missing it. But if it's hidden, go ahead and keep shooting. I mean, shooting. Sean Marion basically shot with his thumbs, and <laughs> that dude made a, a pretty. He was gainfully employed his entire career. He had a terrible shot for him, and it worked. Um, but yeah, Cassius, uh, he's an amazing facilitator, a guy who moves in transition like nobody's business. Um, I think Cassius would be a good pick. I don't know if he'd pan out, but I feel safe taking that gamble. Um, I know there are even some pretty solid, like Marcus Howard. You get into the second round and like Marcus Howard is there. Eh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's going. you know what you're getting. He's going to get you buckets. Exactly. He's going to be able to, to create in the pick and roll and uh, knock down threes. I mean, 
you're not expecting him to just be anything just super special at this point when you're drafting at this point. That right draft, you know, you, you know what you're getting with these guys. Exactly. I mean, he had the what? He had like 53 for 54 for Marquette last year and kind of fell off the map a little bit. And then mm-hmm. first round, I think, of the playoffs, opening round of the tournament was when he played Ja Morant. Remember yep. that? And Ja yep. had a triple-double and Marcus Howard, if memory serves, didn't do anything. Right. Uh, but I remember, yeah, Ja like showed him up and it was like, oh yeah, this guy is going to be amazing. And that's kind of the interesting thing about this year's draft is, uh, and for people who've ever listened to me, I've said this a thousand times, so it's probably getting annoying. Most years, you can look at the draft. And let's use last year as an example. Mm-hmm. I don't care who, t- what teams are picking where. Zion's going one, Ja's going two, RJ's going three. And then everything else is just whatever. But no matter mm-hmm. what teams are picking where, that is what is going to happen. This year, uh, you have no really idea. Yeah. Exactly. Like the order that players are picked is so heavily contingent on what teams are actually picking where. Um, and it's fascinating to me. So that's why, like a guy like Lamella mm-hmm. Ball, Anthony Edwards, like, right, like they're going to go within the top three. And, you know, especially the top four. But other than that, Obi Toppin is a guy who could go from the third pick to, like, the tenth pick. Like, well, you, yeah, you know, from th- three to 12. Exactly. Like yeah. you, you really don't know. So it's going to be super interesting. And, I, uh, you know, on, on Tankathon, how you can do, you can simulate the, like, you can simulate the lottery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was doing that the other day because, you know, I'm a sad Pistons fan and I need draft stuff to look forward to. And I simulated it a few times. And the Pelicans ended up with the first pick. And I was like, what? What? How? Could you imagine <laughs> if that happened again? And in that situation, do they pick someone or do they just trade it? Right. They got to trade do, it, right? Do, do, do you take Lonzo's brother to subsequently take his spot? As the well, actually, you know what? <laughs> and I think be a you, better version of Lonzo? I think you might take Anthony Edwards and then... Uh, because you're not going to be able to pay Drew Holiday when his contract's up. You're not going to be able to pay him and keep Ingram and keep Zion and keep all these guys. So, like, you're gonna something's going to happen to Drew Holiday. Do you just draft Anthony Edwards or, like you even said, Lamelo, and just like groom him to be Drew's replacement, or do you it's, just? It's interesting because you know you know how much Alvin loves to push the ball. They lead the NBA yeah. pace. Like they they love pushing it. So like. He would be salivating at the opportunity to take Lamelo, but you also mentioned like that probably would be a great that would be a great situation for him. He's not coming in being a man. Yeah, you have Bi, you have Zion, you you have your established those those type of guys. He just has to come in, play defense, and attack the rack. Like just just be a piece and continue to develop his game because the talent's there. So, oof. Is it that like it? The, it's not going to happen, okay? Like the Pels have to move up like thirteen spots, fourteen spots for that to happen. But man, what if? It's it's if we we it's possible though. It's it's crazy. It is. It could happen. It's, it's not likely, but with this new format, it could. It could. It and really the doors could. open. See, I'm just giving you all these crazy theories. I'm really making you think oh, about man. this. I'm I'm loving it though. I really <laughs> would like to see that happen, honestly. People already think the Pelicans are, you know, in the next five years can can be something really crazy. You you throw Ant in that bag because the talent I mean, is there. Yes, you can't deny the talent. The talent's no. definitely there. I think it's a consistency thing with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, now let's just 
So, okay, already we have your top three choices. Lamelo, Killian, Halle Burton. Yep. That's your top three. Yes, right. sir. Gotcha. Pistons fans, those are the three people you should be looking forward to, possibly. Um, and wing-wise, is there a wing that you just wouldn't mind? Probably. I'd say, I mean, Obi is like how I mentioned he could be Kevin Love's predecessor. I had written an article like, could Obi Toppin be Blake Griffin's eventual replacement? kind of hope not but like if that happens i'll you know i'll live with it um, mm-hmm. i wouldn't really i guess i'm not really considering him a wing though um so i would say okoro probably just because he's like the quintessential embodiment of three and d players in the league sadiq bay is pretty good um what's his name mm-hmm. devin vassal that, from that, florida that state yeah oh, was, is it vassal okay um I'm i like not. him I'm a big Vassell guy. I um, like his name a lot. For sure. I think if he goes to like the Kings or like the Mavs or something, that's going to be crazy. Um, he'll go earlier than, than the Mavs. The Mavs won't be able to get him. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say Okoro. I, I feel really comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned like, you know, some of these fits, that, how they would be crazy and stuff. I think this draft, all drafts for players to be successful, the, for the most part, fit is important. But I think yeah. even more for this draft, like the the fits is what's really going to make or break a lot of these guys' careers. Just because you mentioned the talent. We don't necessarily just know who are those top guys. You know, it's not like that. Like you mentioned, Zion, Jai, RJ. We knew they were the top three. We really don't just know who's going to be that guy out this draft. Yeah. So it's that much more important that fit the right fit happens. And I'm just really curious to see like how the the lottery pans out so we can start trying to formulate where these guys are going to go and if the teams kind of go through with that. Yeah, the speculation, it's getting to a point where, you know, four or five months ago, we were talking about how this draft class kind of sucks. And now we've had so much time to think about it. I had one of my buddies, he messages me the other day. He goes, do you think like this draft class is actually kind of good the more you look at it? And I was like, no, it's because we've been looking at it for so long you know that we keep analyzing every single option we're like oh well this draft class isn't actually you know all that bad no it is because if i'm drafting a guy second or third overall and i'm not confident he's gonna be like there's all-star potential there it's not a good draft yeah yeah and and so uh we're really gonna see just how great the scouts and and and, uh front offices are yeah this is where you're gonna flex your muscle if you really come if you come away with that guy in this draft then we're, we know you're really about it. You, you're very good at your job. 100%. And I think the Pistons are in a really good spot right now with their front office where you draft Sekou. Even getting Bruce Brown the year before, like a guy who played the most minutes out of any second-round pick that year, um, mm-hmm. was, you know, and he was fine. Like, he was, he was a playoff team. He played playoff minutes. Did we get swept? Yes. <laughs> but it was playoff <laughs> minutes nonetheless. Uh, you know, he got better on offense this year. Sekou, I have a lot of things to say about him. Uh, some of them aren't great. Some of them are not great about Dwayne Casey. We won't get into that. But, you know, then you look at, like, you go into that draft and you have two first-round picks. You have the one from Milwaukee, too, in the, mm-hmm. that that we got in the Tony Snell deal. And I am still mad. And at the time, I wasn't because I didn't want Kevin Porter Jr. We traded that pick to Cleveland in -hmm. exchange for like a second rounder. And they ended up taking Kevin Porter Jr., who I wasn't big on. And then he got in the league and he started playing different and he started getting to the rim more. And now I'm really mad that we don't have him. 
So it's like we ended up drafting a guy who was just a drafted stash. Um, I'm already forgetting his name, and it's going to make me really mad. I'm not going to try to think of it right now. But, uh, yeah, he's overseas. Um, Davidas Servitas, that is his name. Uh, he's oh, like probably – yeah, I know, right? It's easy to remember because it rhymes. Um, Jesus, okay. He uh, is like never going to play in the NBA. So <laughs> that was just a complete waste. So we basically just gave away Kevin Porter Jr. So that's kind of annoying. But otherwise, I do trust our front office. I did hear some things about certain things that our scouts have said about certain players that concerned me because it mm-hmm. is it is wrong information and it is wrong they are wrong as spewing misinformation out here i i i didn't I, and i haven't i've said this a few times i have never i still haven't specified what players they were talking about or what was said about those players but it concerned me because if that's what the piston scouts believe now i would never profess to know more than people who are paid to evaluate talent but if even i can see that those assessments are wrong there's a problem and uh, that concerned me a little bit about the Pistons' upcoming draft. But we'll get there, and I just need this nightmare to be over. They did luckily move up the lottery five days. So it's now August 20th instead of the 25th, which is exciting. Uh, we are almost there. We're almost there. We're getting there. I, I really need this lottery to hurry up and happen. Tired of the what-if scenarios. Let's, let's slide everybody in so we can know what's going on. Honestly, yeah. What if it was I, – I, I don't mean to keep going. If it was – if we no, we're the... talking basketball. We keep keep on. Keep on. <laughs> if it was the pick swap that we talked about earlier, but instead of Christian Wood, it was Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Now, keep. I don't think Detroit would do this. I think the only way he gets moved is if it's to like to acquire another pick. But right. hypothetically, right. right? Would you take that? Um, it's better than like Jordan Poole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a. That's a lethal shooting lineup. I mean, yeah, you have you playing Steph, Luke, and and Clay at the same time. Um, I don't know though, because I mean, Luke is a good like, Luke's a good player. You're you're acquiring another good player, somebody to add to the fold, add to the mix. But I, I'm just concerned about the defense because I I don't, I don't want to play Clay at the three so much. Okay. I like and I like the idea of Clay guarding the um the point guard. Like he's done for us for all you know so many years. Yeah, and that, now you're throwing, you're having a lineup where you're throwing Steph and Luke on the wings, and I don't know. That's not putting them in the best positions to succeed defensively. Right. When you're playing both of them on the floor at the same time. Right. So mm, I probably would be like, uh, give us Christian. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I if it, it, if it if it came down to it, yeah, I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, I guess for Golden State, that would be the package because otherwise, we have nothing to offer the Warriors that would be of any interest at all. Unless it was like <laughs> Seku, I think I genuinely think the Warriors would take that just because of what his upside is. Definitely, and just kind of re- referencing back and we, to we, we would trust our how we our player development exactly, exactly, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, speaking of the Warriors, you know how there's the joke about how Draymond looks like he's shooting with a backpack. Yes. Okay, I saw one yesterday that I think I it's to me it's funnier than that. Zion looks like uh he walks with a pocket full of quarters. <laughs> I so I, I was sitting there and I like was looking up videos of him walking. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just super random, but yeah, I, I thought that was so funny. That, um, I mean, he, he 
he moves like a football player. He's really playing the wrong sport, but he's so he's very good at playing basketball. And now the Pelicans are just getting washed in every single game that they play. And Zion's just on like a minute restriction and like not healthy. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what's going on either. I mean, just just play him for 17 minutes. Just play him for the last two minutes of that first game. What what's 17 minutes going to do? You know, comparative. Yeah, I mean, it's it. Do you can you even believe that like his first game in the league? He hits. He goes what like five of five from three, or was it four of four? Oh, yeah, he's just cashing. Was that like, the Spurs game? He was the Spurs. Like Pirtle just mm-hmm. would not, and, and and Lamarcus Aldridge just would not put a hand up. <laughs> like they kept disrespecting him, and he's like, "I'm just gonna, like that's another guy whose jump shot is terrible, but like it goes in sometimes." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not. If Zion's gonna take jumpers and his jump shot looks terrible, I'm not gonna fix it because that's not really what his game is. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just kind of yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, his jump shot can look terrible for for however long, and I don't really care. But I am worried because there's like doctors like are legitimately concerned about him as a basketball player, and like literally just the way he walks, like as a civilian, just the way that he walks is like concerning. Like, and I just force, <laughs> yeah, like the dude is just chonk, like he's just he's just there's so he's just massive, um, and I just want him to be the best basketball player ever, and I'm worried that we're gonna lose him to injury. I hope he slims down. It's weird because, like, just watching him now, honestly, he's not he's not in the best shape. He's little. He's well, I ain't just gonna say little. He's he's too big. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to slim down. He, I'm not. He's overweight. He's got he's got to slim down. But despite all that, he looks like a top thirty player in the league already. Like top yeah. twenty five. I mean, he's really like honestly, he's he's he comes out there and he's playing limited minutes and he's getting you twenty and ten. Yeah. On limit, on minutes restriction. Like, yeah. So once he loses, just let him lose 15, 18 pounds and and get in serious shape. Oh, I just, I can't wait to see that. That, that I, has to happen. Was it his first summer league game where he just abused Kevin Knox and like ripped the ball out of his hands? And do you remember was. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh my God. I remember watching that live. And then like 20 minutes later, there was like an earthquake or something yep. like that. That night mm-hmm. was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was like, I just, oof. I, watching him in the league, I know everybody said it felt like, like it was the first time since LeBron that we kind of felt that way about a draft prospect. And it just really bums me out that he wasn't able to totally deliver on it. Like he wasn't able to play, I don't know, 70 games this year. Right. Uh, well, I guess quote unquote, nobody was, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really, it's something that within the last few days, since we restarted the bubble and the Pelicans just keep getting screwed and, uh, Zion's not playing. It worries me about him moving forward. So he, you're 100% right. He does need to lose weight. Man, and just speaking of the bubble, it's just what's some of your, just what's some of your takeaways? Like just how you, what have you come away with um, these last few days of just NBA basketball, real NBA basketball being back? Uh, Kyle Lowry is amazing. Uh, that dude is the most annoying player ever. Like a he guy is who's, definitely a hated oh. guy. I, I really. I I respect it. I respect it. I don't like it, but I respect it. He's just so good. And he's just uh, annoying is the only way I can describe him. Like, Mm -hmm. the dude is taking charges in the All-Star game. I love it. I love it so much. He's that guy at pickup. Yeah. Pick up basketball and he's trying to take a charge. Like, we we don't do that here at pickup, okay? But, well, here's the Here's the thing with that is people for years complained, oh, there's no defense in the All-Star game. 
Kyle Lowry starts taking charges in the All-Star game. Oh, it's the only the All-Star game. Why are you trying so? Pick a, pick a lane. Which one are we doing? Do you want him to try or do you not want him to try? So that was kind of annoying to me. I loved it, right? There's something to play for. There's something on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, go for it, Kyle Lowry. Uh, for the eighth consecutive year, the Toronto Raptors have achieved their Vegas uh, over in win total. And that is every Dang. single year that Kyle I Lowry. Backwards. I should have been. I should have been betting on the Raptors. <laughs> well, it's every single year that Kyle Lowry has been the starting point guard for the Raptors that they've done that. So there you go. Um, I, you know, watching that that Lakers Raptors game last night was was oof. The Raptors are so good, and I've said this before too. It is shocking to me that everybody watched the Raptors win a championship and then expected them to just ride off into the sunset and bask in their own glory and not threaten to to repeat. And here they are. They're arguably better this year without I mean, Kawhi. They only have arguably the best front office yeah. in, the, in basketball since every year they continue to get an undrafted guy and turn him into a legit NBA basketball. Well, yeah, and help maximize their potential and show that they are legit NBA basketball players. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean this year they kind of had two with Chris Boucher and, and Terrence Davis. Like Both of them were really good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like just these random out of the blue guys, um, watching them just watching Kyle Lowry specifically just masterfully just, just pick apart the Lakers last night was uh, insane. Um, watching TJ Warren get the most random fifty piece of all time. Hey, that's I mean, my boy. Shout you, out to TJ. You talk about a guy who like you watch games sometimes, right? And you you'll think to yourself like, man, this guy can't miss. I don't know if you were watching that game. I, I couldn't watch it. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go back and watch it, dude. In the like mid to late second quarter, every time he put up a shot, I'm like, here it is. He's finally going to miss. And I'm not being funny. It would go in every single time. And I'm like sitting. I'm. I don't even know what to do with myself. Like I'm. 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 I'm sitting here in the apartment by myself. I'm losing my mind. Uh, he was he was absolutely incredible. I mean, TJ Warren getting the first fifty piece in the bubble—that's uh, insane. And they were, um, yeah. I wonder what the odds were on that. So I need to, I need to look at. Oh, he probably was. If were. if you could take action on that, I'm sure he wasn't even on the list. You know what I mean? Like Oladipo <laughs> mm-hmm. would be there. Like maybe even I don't know Miles. Not even Miles Turner would be on there. But no, TJ Warren is like the thirtieth person I would have guessed. Um. No disrespect to TJ Warren, like the dude can flat out play. He's great. Right. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Bucks are gonna win the finals. I the bubble hasn't changed my mind on that. Uh, the Kings are dumb, and it makes me sad because I love them. Harry Giles just putting up contested fallaway twenty footers was just wild. Kuzma's bad. Sorry, I'm just like doing bullet points of things that I've that I've oh, that I've my watched. Kuzma's bad. Oh my gosh, dude. There was a possession last night where he just unprompted, right? There's time on the clock. Like I think there was like seven seconds left when he put up the shot. So like not a lot of time, but still enough time. Mm-hmm. And he just throws up a 30 footer with a hand in his face. I audibly gasped. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's just so dumb, but sometimes he's so good, and it's really frustrating. It is um, frustrating. I, he needs to get out of L.A. He's a get-out-of-L.A. candidate for me. Doesn't it just blow your mind that Jeannie Buss was, like, in the Anthony Davis trade talks, was like, Kyle Kuzma's the one that has to stay. Not Brandon Ingram, Kuzma. She was on Twitter. Uh, she, that's what it was. That, that Twitter logic got her. Uh, 
<laughs> the, Every, the like, everybody was hyping up Kuz, and I'm, I mean, I like Kuz. I think Kuz is a good player. He just we've seen what being a four, well, being um the kind of four Kuz is playing next to LeBron, how that yeah. pans out. Yeah, it doesn't pan out well for that player. You know, Kevin Love. Kevin Love became a guy who just had to sit on the corner and shoot threes. For sure. When he was a man amongst boys down low, boarding up everything in Minnesota. He's getting uh, like, he was like 30 and 30 games. I think he only ever had like one or two of those, but still. Right. Chris Bosh was just sensational in Toronto and became another spot up shooter in in Miami. So it's tough. Unless you're, unless you're Anthony Davis and you're arguably like the most talented one of the most talented basketball players on this earth. He is one of the most talented players on this earth. You're going to be kind of stuck in a stay in that corner and shoot role playing um, playing the four spot next to LeBron. So, yeah. who uh, Who's your favorite, like, LeBron teammate, but like, uh, like a B-tier one? Like, I'll give you mine, just so you kind of know what I'm going for, like, mm-hmm. all time. Mike Miller is one of my favorite LeBron teammates ever. Because when I think of Mike Miller, I think of like long hair, headband Mike Miller, one shoe Mike Miller. One shoe Mike Miller when he lost his shoe and knocked down the three on the win. Game six in the 2013 finals when Mike Miller loses his shoe. I think it was the same game when the fans left and then Ray Allen hits the shot. I believe it was Mm -hmm. the same game. I think LeBron lost his headband in that game. Like things were flying off. It was crazy. On a mission. Wasn't that? Do you remember watching that live and like almost not being able to see where LeBron was because you like look for the headband and like I couldn't tell that it wasn't (laughs) him or that it was him. It was really throwing me off. And now it's just like that's what we expect because he doesn't wear it anymore. And when he does, it looks weird. Um, That's definitely one of those games you remember where you were at. A hundred percent. One shoe, Mike Miller was a bucket. It was one of my favorite like iterations like people talk about masked Kyrie untucked Kyrie or like hoodie mellow Olympic mellow no give me one shoot Mike Miller shoot 10 Mike times Miller. out of 10 but, but <laughs> so you know what I'm going for like so who 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 would yours be don't say if you say Alex Caruso I'm I'm gonna be no, curious no, okay no, no, okay no, no. it's not it's not Caruso um let's see ah I I uh, it's between a couple people. This is old. This is the first generation Cavs. We're going back to the younger Cavs. Is it Ogalskis? Um, Big Z is one of us. Yep. Big Z and and Booby Gibson. Okay. I'm That's gonna go fair. Big Z though. I'm gonna go Big Z though. I, I love Big Z. You gotta love Big Z. I think you look back at those teams, and he was like one of the only pieces of those like early or late two thousands Cavs teams, where Zadrunas was like amazing like they actually had a bobblehead night for him the mm-hmm. Cavs did just this last year I think um that dude I I really did enjoy him I think I also he suffered ahead. a similar fate to Sabonis uh, Arvita Sabonis like Big Z was just always hurt yeah like well, like, well at least you know like when people saw Sabonis in the NBA like it was way it was much after his prime like Sabonis was Samoas would have changed the game if he came to the NBA as soon as he really should have because he was amazing. But like right. Big Z always had a foot injury. But when Big Z was healthy, oh man, he was he was a hooper. Yeah. And I think even I don't I'm trying to think of was he playing four or five? He was playing five because um <laughs> uh they had Danielle Marshall. That's they, right. They would throw him on at the four and have him spot up. Or they had Drew Gooden. Drew Gooden. Drew, Drew Gooden. Gooden. Drew Gooden. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember this is totally random. 
I don't want to sidetrack us too much. I'm just going to say this and then I'll. Carlos Boozer, when he signed with the Bulls, he did it taking a pay cut because he was told by Bulls executives that LeBron was coming the next year. So that's why he took the pay cut. And I've always thought that that was hilarious. I think it was that year that he had like his hair painted on. Uh, yes, I don't know yes. if you remember that. Yes, Anyways, I remember just that. Complete sidetrack. Another one of mine. I, I, we were talking about the Pistons, and now we're just talking about our old, we're just our fav- favorite LeBron teammates. Uh, you have to ignore Cole. Like you can hate Mario Chalmers and how he tried to like be in the Big Four and how he's an idiot, whatever. I love Norris Cole. Norris I love Cole. I love Mario Chalmers personally. Really, man. I, I thought I didn't like everybody being on Mario's neck. Yes, he was a bonehead at times, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> stop yelling at him, man. He, he's hit so many clutch shots. Like yeah. Mario, alone, he, he, he's playing. He's playing point guard on a team with three All Stars, three Hall of Famers. Like, just just let him make it, okay? It's not the easiest job in the world playing next to LeBron, Bosh, and D Wade, and you're trying to have a, a solid role. Yeah, I think I don't. Was Mario Chalmers like this? I think it was Norris Cole, not Mario Chalmers. Mar, Norris Cole was like Patrick McCaw before Patrick McCaw. Where like his first two years in the league, he got a ring. Getting chips. Yeah. Patrick Mc- I guess McCaw's a little bit different because he even went to Toronto and got one. Yes, he did. So he's he three was, for three on two different teams. But he was ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um we also we can't forget Birdman, Chris Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. Bird, Birdman was awesome. I, Birdman I'll stop. Was awesome. I'll, uh, rest I'll in st- peace to Birdman when he got dunked on by Paul George though. I thought you were about to say that, like, he actually thought I was going to hang out. Oh, no. I was no, like, no, no, wait, no. when did this happen? No. Uh, my, I think one of my favorite uh, Miami LeBron moments was the Tiago splitter block oh, at the yeah. rim. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. It's one of the yeah, most yeah, insane things that. I've ever seen on live television. Um, I'll, I'll stop playing the favorite LeBron moments because I know that's not interesting for a lot of people because not everybody feels the same way about LeBron as I do. I'm like Nick Wright with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> I like LeBron. I, I actually I love LeBron. I don't think he's the goat, but I mean, you, if you if we're sitting here talking basketball, you truly say you love basketball. Like, how do you not love LeBron? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta you gotta appreciate greatness. Like, we've seen this man be a machine for 17 years. This is this is unheard of. You're not gonna really. I doubt we see this ever again. No. By any basketball player. I'm 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 watching the Lakers these last few games and I'm especially against the Clippers. I don't know if you saw at the very end when mm-hmm. he had that putback. And I'm yes. sometimes I'm watching him. I said this to my girlfriend last night after the game was over. I'm like, I watch LeBron now, and I think one of two things. It just depends on the possession. I think either my God, he's in year seventeen in like he's just or is it isn't he in year eighteen? Or is it 17? Is it 17? Oh, because it was 2003, it's 2020. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's in year 17 and he's uh, he's he's still doing this. He's making these passes. He's making these reads. He's getting to the basket this way. I, how, how? How is he doing this? Or <laughs> if it's different possession, I'll think, this guy hasn't changed one bit. Some possessions, he's just going to piss away and just like bully his way to the rim. And sometimes mm-hmm. it'll go in or he'll do that thing where he's dribbling and he's like lifting his knees along the, the perimeter and he's looking down at one spot. And the second that you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. whenever LeBron is dribbling and looking down along the three point line, put your hands up immediately. Cause he's going right, to pull up, up. Exactly. and it's going in. It's hundred percent going in. Sometimes it doesn't, but more often than not, it does. 
And sometimes, like, watching him on some possessions is hilarious because if it was any other player, I would yank them. Like, like if it was Kuzma, I'd be like, you shouldn't be in the league. You're an idiot. But with LeBron, I'm like, that's Bron. Like, whatever. Um, and he had a few of those possessions last night against the Raptors, and it was hilarious how dumb they were. Uh, but, yeah, no, to me, uh, it's he's unmatched. And in 20 years, you know, when there's a player who, quote-unquote, surpasses him or surpasses Michael. People are going to say, this player is the greatest player of all time. I will protect LeBron the way that people do with Jordan, where it's like, I watched him, you know, on TV. <laughs> I watched him in person, live. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see him in 2016. So it was the year that they ended up winning the finals. Um, we, I got my dad. I spent, like, every penny I had on, like, we were three rows off the floor at the Palace watching the Kevin Love, Kyrie, LeBron, Cavs versus the Pistons. And we watched LeBron miss a breakaway dunk in that game, which was maybe cooler than watching him dunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just because yeah, every day you see him miss a dunk. That's exactly. 99.99 times out of 100 that's going in. It's going in. And we were all standing up like, oh my gosh, like he's going to do the tomahawk, like, you know, his signature thing. Nah. He missed, and I was like, our jaws were on the floor. It was cool because it was on the basket that we were right behind. So LeBron was like 15 feet away from me, missing a dunk. That was probably the highlight of my life. And I've actually, I got to see the KD Warriors the first year uh, that you know that he was with Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and actually I got to see Giannis and the Bucks this year uh, at LCA. You want to? Can I? I don't know if we should end on this or what. You know what you think? You want to? I don't think I've ever said this publicly i think it's safe to do it now though go ahead this is a safe space (laughs) (laughs) so the day so my girlfriend uh because i cover the bucks too but i'm mainly a pistons fan but bucks twitter really loves me so i do bucks games too so my christmas present for my girlfriend uh was i got uh bucks pistons tickets at lca so drove because we live in chicago so we drove up Mm -hmm. there i was i was terribly sick I was more sick I've ever been in my life. And we thought it was food poisoning, right? Whatever. I'm going to power through. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally dying. We're at the game. And I, I have very vague memories of being there, but because I was so sick, we leave, whatever. We come back to Chicago. It's like a month later that COVID really hits the United States. I'm like, not certain that that's not what I had. It's not I'm, out the realm of possibilities. I've heard several people have stories like this. And like, I because I was looking at the symptoms and I'm like, dude, I think that's what I had. So now I'm like, I had to like internalize my feelings. So I'm like, did I get the NBA canceled? I was say, are you the source? Are I, you the I Rudy? Swear to God. Are you the Rudy Gobert of, of NBA fans that started this? Yeah, like we can laugh all we want. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. Like I, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I made those because Christian Wood ended up testing positive too. I was in the same building as Christian Wood that night. Now, admittedly, it was literally, I think, a month between, you know, the game and when he had it, whatever. But still, um, I mean, you could have you been that, that, that fan that, that, that trickled it to one person, ended up getting, possibly getting it to another that's closer and works with the Pistons. Yeah. And before you know it, Christian Wood had it. So I would just like to formally and publicly apologize. Uh, for single-handedly shutting the league down. <laughs> you know what? I would be mad at you, but we're, we're back to playing basketball. We're back. So who we're can, back who, to playing basketball. Exactly. So, you know, all is forgiven. 
<laughs> man but hey nick i really i really enjoyed this i appreciate you hopping on this is fun absolutely man thank you very much do you mind very quickly if i do a little bit of a promo oh yes yes we were all about we were all for the plugs here do, okay do what you got to do awesome so i was recently contacted uh by uh some marketing slash developers for this app called locker room Locker Room is essentially uh, just a live form of podcasting. You can kind of look at it as radio, too. So theoretically, you could uh, jump on there and uh, like you and I could hop into a, a room and we could, you know, people can can listen to us live. And let's say hypothetically, right, mm-hmm. uh, you and I are in there talking and we see that Christian Wood is listening. All we hey. have to do or all I have to do as the host is tap on Christian Wood's name, request that he like comes up to speak, and he just has to accept it. And then, boom, Christian Wood is up there speaking with us. The way that I compare it to is it's kind of like Periscope. It's just mm-hmm. the audio version of Periscope. So it's essentially just live radio, but I guess for all intents and purposes, it is just live podcasting. Um, I've been able to jump in and help beta test the app. I've been in on a few different calls. The interface for the app is absolutely amazing. It's really simple. Uh, you can see, like, if you, if for example, you and I were scheduling this episode today and mm-hmm. people wanted to listen to it live, um, we could set a date and a time and people would see on their feed, like, um, that we're going to be going live on August 3rd at noon. Or what's today? The 2nd? I don't know what day today is. Yeah, right. Well, actually, this is going to go live on the 3rd, right? Yes. Okay. August 3rd at noon. We'll just say that. Uh, so that way they can, like, I, I believe you can set a reminder if you can. I'm sure that's coming. Um, and then they can tune in. And, and if we wanted to, you know, have somebody on, uh, then they, we could just add them in. There is also like a little question slash discussions tab. Um, so, you know, people can, you can talk with people live on there. Um, mm-hmm. I did get verified on there, which hey. made me feel really special. Um, there's also some uh, former players, former executives on there. Sam Hinkie is on there. Uh, the creator of the the process and Shout Matthew Delvadova is okay. on there. Um, what else should I add? Yeah, it's amazing. I really enjoy the app. As for when it's going to roll out publicly, TBD on that. I don't actually know. When I asked about it, uh, hopefully within I I think within the next month or so. I don't actually know. But they're making constant uh, improvements, a lot of updates. It's really really fun. I was gonna make like an actual ad read for this, but then I didn't do that. Forgot to do that. This was um, cool. Yeah. You're, you're, you're dropping all the info. Locker Room. That is the name of the app, and it is coming soon. Definitely. I have that starred. I wrote that down right here in front of me. I'm, I'm all for this. Locker if you room want, app. I think I might be able to get a link in order to invite you, um, like you specifically. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I can uh, – you have to, like, download an app that lets you download apps that aren't in the app store. I'll explain it to you. If I can get a link, I will send it to you. Oh, the black market of apps. It's, yeah, dude, when, they, when they explained it to me, I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. There's an app that lets me download apps. That, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then uh, I think you have to have like a code or something. So I'll, I'll contact someone about that. And then uh, we can get okay. you set up with it. We will definitely talk business um, after we end this podcast. We will continue this. <laughs> but, yes, everybody be on the lookout for the Locker Room app. It, it, it sounds great. I'm, I'm definitely 
all for this. But man, man, appreciate you again, Nick. This was this was fun. We we'll definitely have to do another podcast, even if it's just talking basketball or something. Like we only doesn't have to be Pistons related. We'll just do more podcasts. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Thank you very much uh, for having me. We could do. I mean, I could have you on my show. We could do like a, when the finals roll around. We could do like a finals preview. Um, we could do because I'm assuming you're probably a Michael Jordan guy is the greatest of all time. I'm willing. I'm willing to do sixty minutes of why i'm right that uh it's lebron <laughs> or uh i guess we could do a whole different episode of like our favorite lebron moments or our favorite like we'll just pick a random player like what are your favorite amari stoudemire moments or something like oh, that i love stats uh, that would be great i'm a big stat fan i love stoudemire awesome well he's actually the i don't want to get into that we'll save that for a different episode i i, I sincerely appreciate this man this was so much fun no problem no problem all right, everybody, that's the end of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12. Follow me on Instagram at Chris.Bolton underscore. Follow Nick on Twitter as well for all you need Pistons, Bucks, or just NBA, NBA tweets, just good NBA tweets. Follow Nick as well at Nicholas Hinkle, N-I-C-O-L-A-S-H-E-N-K-E-L. It's been real. Appreciate y'all.